I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back from your holiday. Hope you're having a wonderful year uh, as we come to the close of 2020. I'm Francis. He's Julio. This is Oops, the podcast. Gee, how are you? Good, man. Feeling good. Ending the year, you know? Yeah, this is the... Everyone talks about this every year, but this period between Christmas and New Year's truly is a a black hole of... uh, uh, just nobody knows what's going on. Totally. And to be honest, I've been getting anxiety about it a little bit because I'm like, I'm, I'm in the like turn it off mode. And I'm always like, I feel this constant pressure to be posting more. Like, like, you know, the more I post, the more my following grows and it'll help my this and that. And if I'm not, then I'm being responsible. And it's like, it's hard to turn off that muscle in my brain. Mm. You sound like a TikToker. <laughs> but you know what I mean though? I'm you serious. are a TikToker. Hey, you know, fucking TikTok, baby. Yeah, I guess I understand that. I've been thinking a lot about social media lately. I, I recently heard about this trick of making your account private. Oh, yeah. And then you get to retain more followers or something. Your follower goes, growth happens a lot more quickly. And so I switched to that, and it's been, it's been a lot on my mind. The inside scoop. Well, then all of a sudden you start seeing everybody who's actually following you, and you wonder what their stories are. Oh, it takes right. you back to the days when you first started having an Instagram I know, account. I know. Dude, remember those days? Yeah, those were the days, those man. Those were the fucking days. You followed everyone back who followed you? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. true. But lots to think about, man. This well, is the time of year when it's the most acceptable to me to, to go on a bender, to drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Big during time. the day, all day long. Big time. Uh, this Yeah, this is when everyone gets it in before they do some kind of like sober January. Yeah. <laughs> fucking bullshit so a couple things first of all um for anybody who was wondering i was in atlanta last week yeah i think i Mm -hmm. forget exactly what day this this episode's coming out but i I don't know if everybody was wondering i was there for for work and i didn't want i didn't necessarily want to be traveling Mm. um because i know covid's kind of like crazy right now so i don't want people to think that i'm just kind of like gallivanting around the way that i have been right but i was there doing a commercial um which was great how'd it go it was great, man. I mean, commercials for people who are, who wonder about them, because I know that friends of mine ask about them and people ask about them in general, but uh, they're amazing because you get paid to do all this stuff and typically you only shoot one day. So yeah. what, I had to take a COVID test. That's a day of work. You get paid for a full day for that. Whoa, yep. really? Yep. Then there's a travel day. And if you travel more than X amount of miles, you have to be flown first class. Wow. So, and you get paid to do that. So you're getting paid to fly first class. Then there's a third day that's a, sh- a fitting day mm-hmm. and that you go for an hour and try on your clothes and that's another work day. Mm-hmm. Then you finally shoot day four and you know, it's ha- for me this time it was a half day shoot. And then the fifth day you travel back and that's another day. So Boy. you get paid for all those days. And then when the, if the commercial airs, you make like 10 times more money than you made on those five work days where you were already overpaid. Yes. So it's a, poten- it's a, it's a potentially incredible thing. It's probably the, lowest amount of work for the highest multiple yeah, absolutely it's crazy and and before you know you were running around to auditions so you're kind of like if you break it all down you know with the amount of time you've been spending going on auditions the money ends up being a little more reasonable mm-hmm. but now since you're auditioning on zoom there's no opportunity it's cost. unreal it's pretty cool that's unreal um so yeah it was good to be julio there, for the record is a master auditioner 
<laughs> and I say <laughs> this true. because I have taken commercial acting classes. I took a commercial acting intensive. I got a commercial agent out of it. This is all before I worked at Barstool. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. How cool. And I, yeah. and I, and I got an agent and then I booked a couple commercials, a couple, uh, two, two Great. really good ones. I booked a, an AT&T commercial that I was the Amazing. only actor in. Unbelievable. I was the only guy. The whole thing was about me. Incredible. And then that one got, it was supposed to originally just be on the web, but then it got added to print Oh, and cool. then something else. Not every, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a national TV. But every bump you get a new you get paid. You if get, they do anything with it, you get paid more. Exactly, which is awesome. And it ran forever. It's great. Forever. It's great, man. And so I would just get these checks every ten weeks or something. That would be like some very some some number between like four thousand and five thousand dollars. You never knew what it was going to be. Yeah. Sometimes it was like two, and then all of a sudden you'd get another one two weeks later. And there was no rhyme or reason for where this money yeah. was coming from. It's so complicated. Yeah. And as long as you're in a position where you're not dependent on that income, it's yeah. the greatest bonus money. It's free money. Of all time. Free money. You're Although, not even expecting it. So, yeah. So, bef before that AT&T commercial, I had actually booked a, a Humura commercial, which Great. is the arthritis medicine. Yeah, yes. And this one was a much, a big deal. It was like... There were, you know, they had 30 extras. Wow. They had, it was a wedding scene. Sick. And so I was in the bridal party. Or did, I was the did he shoot in New York? It was some mansion that was rented. It was like a place where people would actually have a real wedding. Right, almost right, almost right. maybe like a country club type place. Right. And they rented it out for the day. Sick. Big banquet hall. And there was a bride and a groom. And I was the bride's brother. And with her whole big athletic strong family, and the groom was this kind of diminutive, weaselly guy, and we were all hugging him on the dance floor, passing him around. I picked him up at one point, put him on my shoulders, and squatted him, <laughs> pounding him. He's grimacing, and the whole idea was that he had back pain, and that being welcomed into his wife's family was something that made him need humura. It's physically painful now. What was a big what was really cool about that commercial was with a pharmaceutical drug like that that treats lots of different symptoms, uh, the more things that it treats, the more different brands you get prevented from auditioning for their commercials. All for, right. 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 So conflicts. Yes. Right. If you if you get booked for a Pepsi commercial. They don't want you going out and booking a Coke commercial or even a Dr Pepper commercial, right? right. So all, the, it'll be it'll say like beverages. Yeah, so you can't go for them as long as they're paying you holding. Right, but the the longer that list of conflicts, the more that the Screen Actors Guild, which is the union that we're both members of, yes. says, well, if you're going to prevent this guy from going out to work to try to find work for these brands, you need to pay him more. Oh, it's great. And so with Humura, the scale was there was the list of things that it treated was so long. It even included like erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and and so I couldn't go out for Cialis or Viagra commercials. Which All you probably these... don't want to go out for anyway. No. <laughs> that's great. But there were so many drugs on it that they bumped it up to a 2x scale commercial. Oh, that's great. And I was getting basically double pay for all of this. And these big drug companies, they don't care about they have so much money that they don't care about whether the commercial even aired. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? So they had, I think they had already booked years of commercials that they intended to air 
and ours was just on the back burner and just never came out dude i'm telling you i was getting holding checks i must have shot this commercial in like 2013 i was getting holding checks for it through 2018 that's crazy five years later and it never aired that's and finally one day i emailed the the agent the commercial agent who had at this point dropped me because she said i was too toxic based on being fired from barstool that's crazy as i've said the only person in my life that 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 said that that's crazy um and I said, hey, you know, I haven't seen a check from the Humira holding for a long time. And, and she was like, oh, yeah, they decided not to air it. And it's over. Wow, dude. But, dude, I, for, I didn't even care at that point. I mean, it was, I guess I was in a way I was sad to not see it, what it would look like. But it, I had received tens and tens of thousands of dollars of holding yeah, checks. Pretty incredible. And they would just come out of nowhere. So, you know, it definitely paid for itself. Dude, it's great. I did one one time for, I've only done one for a medicine. It was for like this thing called Dermira, I think. And essentially it's like for people who sweat a shit ton. Mm. And the commercial was so embarrassing. It was like, <laughs> you had to be like, you're holding your armpits up. And because before you were, you were like upset because there was a pit stain. It was like the most embarrassing shit and it never aired, but yeah. I still got paid the full session. Like you said, like mm. it's still, I still got the amount of money that I was supposed to get. And no one ever had to see me be embarrassing, like embarrass myself. What's the, what's the, you don't have to tell us the brand, but do, do you have a commercial that comes to mind that is your highest paying commercial ever? Yeah. And it's funny because it's a commercial that I'm, you literally, you don't even know that I'm in it. It's a commercial that you've all seen that you wouldn't even know I'm in it because of how little that I'm in it. And I've made, I made like almost a hundred thousand dollars on it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's bananas. I know. Now. I'm going to ask you a question. That's by far the most. If you can't answer this, don't worry. It's okay. Is there any truth to the fact that you were aware on set that you might not be in the shot? Yes. So you leaned forward. Oh, okay. So this... To make sure that you were in frame, which is what (laughs) made the difference... Yes. ...between you getting paid as a featured actor in the commercial and not. Correct. Yes. Is that right? Yes, that's true. I didn't know if you'd be okay admitting that because that's one of my favorite things you've ever done. It's the scooch of a lifetime, dude. (laughs) It's a scooch. That's all he did. He scooched. I scooched into the shot. And literally, I'm not, it's like a bar scene. So there's four of us at the bar, but it's from the side. So you can see the person who's the, the forefront of the bar. And I'm pretty sure I was all the way on the end. If I wasn't, I was the second from the end. And I scooched forward, and therefore my head was into the shot. Now, I knew that I did that on purpose because I was like, just in case, I wanna, I'd been cut out of so many commercials. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to get in this one. So I scooched, whatever. I made sure I was in it. And somebody on set even said something like, actors always know where the camera is. Wow. Someone made some comment like that. Fuck that guy. I don't give a shit. And then, dude, <laughs> dude, so then they were doing close-ups and we all were supposed to have close-ups and last second, for some reason, they decided not to do the close-ups of me and the girl sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. So we both were like, shit. She started crying. Oh my God. She started crying. She's like, oh, I can't believe da, da, da. So we're both really stressed out about it to the point where I even changed my paperwork. I changed the way they were going to take taxes out because I thought that it was going to be a big commercial. So I, I wanted to pay taxes because I didn't want to owe a shit ton of money. Yeah. So I changed it from a zero to a one because I was like, I'm fucked. I'm not, I'm going to get cut out. You're talking about on your W9? Yeah. Or W4. Or whatever it whatever is. Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so dude, it's just a crazy game, man. But there's been like one time t- to your point, like I had to go to Europe once to shoot one for five days. 
to Prague to shoot a commercial that wow. I was that I just got completely cut out of. And it was a double scale, like you're like you were saying. So yeah. like it's incredible the amount of money that these companies are willing to waste. They are. It's crazy. I hope they continue to waste that money because it's like yeah. very important to my well being. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think that you, that you there are people, you know, people there are actors who make their entire entire living on on commercials. Yeah. Absolutely. And and then they'll have room to go out for passion projects whether it's a small theater local theater play right. for which they get paid next to nothing or you know put together a an indie film which again they're not getting paid much for but but you get your commercial and then you're kind of that's your salary for the right. year and then it, like you said it frees you up to either you know work and i have tons of like random projects as you all know that like maybe aren't that lucrative like mm-hmm. Lil Young Big definitely costs more than he's made. Let's <laughs> yeah. just say that. So it's nice to have some extra money to play around and do. Function, yeah. You know? So would you say that, let me ask you this. How many, how many commercial auditions would you say you do in a, in a, in a regular year? In a normal year? Does this include voiceovers uh, or just on camera? Sure. Let's include voiceovers. Probably 90. Okay. Let's call it a hundred. Yeah. How many of those 100 are you booking now? The last couple of years I've gotten lucky and it's this is like a skewed year because there's less auditions. So mm-hmm. it's hard to, you know, I can't be in, in the most recent full more normal year. 3 probably. So 3 for 100, right? Now, that's good. Yeah, I know. That's one every 33. That's crazy. And that's kind of what they say you're supposed to if you're a good commercial actor, you're supposed to get that. Would you say that you've gotten better i mean have you increased the likelihood your hit rate since you started going out for commercials so yeah and i there's a couple things that play into that one of them is in the past 18 months or two years i didn't go to la for a month and somehow that helped me booking commercials because going to la would kind of like kill my momentum Mm. and like i would would book out for my agency and they wouldn't send me and now like once i've been here for big chunks of time like the big casting directors are always calling me in mm. and I've been getting way more callbacks. And I think part of that is from familiarity. They're like, yeah. we know this guy can book. We know he's solid. We're at least going to throw him <laughs> through the director. But dude, early in my career, someone told me I was like at this other commercial agent. And she was like, when you hit your thirties, you're going to start booking a lot. She and said that to you. Yeah. And it's crazy that it's like been true. Wow. I don't know what it is. Wow. That's interesting. Um, but yeah. So, man. so do you current, are you currently on the payroll? for commercials that you've done in the past? Are you still receiving residual checks right now from yeah. other commercials you've done? So I'm on hold for two. One that, the the Scooch one, I'm still getting holding fees for. Wow. And the one I did this uh, in June, the Bud Light one, um, I thought that it, that was just on hold too, but now I'm getting like random checks for like cable unit upgrades, like you said, all this random shit. So I think I'm sort of still in the pay sphere for that, mm. but I'm hoping that this other one runs a ton. Boy. It's a it's fascinating. It it's really such is, a right? it's such a strange lottery ticket for the actor who can pull it off. And it makes me sad that I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> because it's just as you said, you you it's not that much work to to do the auditions now. You book it, you go out for Dude, I went out I auditioned <laughs> the last commercial I auditioned for was for Dr. Pepper. Cool. I'm talking the doctor of Dr. Pepper. There's a doctor. To be their spokesperson. Oh, wow. To be cool. the flow of Dr. Pepper. That's cool. 
and I didn't get a call back, so I didn't get even you know close. But I think they had that guy who was supposed to be kind of like a prince knockoff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Taste. That guy. He was their spokesperson for a long wow. time, and then they were looking to replace him. I think, uh, and I was going out uh, to be that kind of guy. Those are tough to see when you don't get them. It it hurts. It is, but it was also going to be a lot of work. They already had stipulated that if you got the role, you would be expected to shoot new commercials oh, right. for them once the every couple months. Now, granted, you'd be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Flo, oh, yeah. or the guy from Hotels.com, yeah. Captain Obvious. Those, they kill it. Or, but then you can't do anything else for a while, which sucks, not, but exactly. whatever. Who gives a fuck? I'll Pe- take the money. Exactly. But people say that. Flo has had good acting roles. Has she? I think she was in, I don't want to say Mad Men, but she's had decent, decent other side stuff. At the same time, she's so synonymous with that brand. It's hard to shake. That I wonder how, if she feels that there's a bit of a gift and a curse to it. Right. She's like pigeonholed or something. Yeah. But dude, I got really close to being Jake from State Farm. What? The new one? Yeah. That guy kills it. And like, I remember leaving that because I, I, <laughs> this is so funny that we all know these these I know these names are just so ubiquitous. I mean, who knows like how close I actually was, but I did get a call back, and I was in the room for a really long time. And I texted my girlfriend when I left. I was like, I might have gotten that, and then I didn't. Wow. But like, those are the ones. Like that guy's making a ton of money. So hold on a sec. He has yeah, his own he's, Twitter account, dude. I see him in five second ads on YouTube he's before everywhere. they everywhere. Yeah. Now hold on a second. They had an original Jake from State Farm. Do you remember the first Jake from State Farm commercial? It might not have been the first, but it was the one that ran the longest, where it was like a guy on the phone late at night. His wife comes down. She's like, who are you talking to? And he's like, Jake from State Farm. And she gets on the phone. She goes, what are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? And he goes, "Uh, khakis. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yeah. And it was some schlubby guy in in a phone sort of messaging center in like a call center and it was a it was a kind of a loserish white guy right right interesting they replaced that jake from state farm with a handsome young black guy that's really funny i i read for that one but i also read for some of the ones that the handsome young black guy has done which means that they replaced the first guy they did a total rebrand of the character interesting and they to me, I knew Jake from State Farm to be this funny piece of shit. <laughs> so when all of a sudden Jake from State Farm was like upgraded to this really good looking, young, Charming, muscular guy, black guy, I, I remember thinking like, whoa, you know, I felt I felt like shocked. <laughs> but but. It's great. I mean, the new State Farm is way better. New, the new Jake from State Farm is way better than the old He's Jake great. from State Farm. He's really great. Um, but I wonder how that old Jake from State Farm is doing sometimes. It might have taken him a while to get over the yeah. over the depression of that. Yeah. What's up, Chris? I dressed as him for every year in college, four years in a row. Jake from State Farm? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? 100% serious. That's great. Good nice. for you, man. That's might as well keep that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software 
where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. All right, I got lots to talk to you about. Love it. Let me ask you this. <laughs> um, have you ever brought something up in your current relationship as a memory, but actually it happened in a previous relationship? <laughs> Oh man, I think unfortunately the the thing I've never actually done that, but I have tattoos of other people on my body. So yeah, that's, that that's worse. <laughs> that's worse. That's, that's some in the same vein, but no, not what you're talking so about. But what I mean is right. Being like, remember know, when remember we went, when ice we went to this? Right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> remember when we hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, and then she's like, "That wasn't me," and then you're like, "Oh, are you sure?" <laughs> It wasn't you. That's a bad one, dude. If that's like yeah. a monumental memory like <laughs> yeah. that, like no, oh, that, the sunrise over Tanzania. That's a really extreme one. Usually for me, it's restaurants where I say like, we've been here before. And then she'll be like, no, we fucking haven't. And now here's my point, right? <laughs> Look, you get to a certain point in life where the memories start to blend together. That's very true. And I don't want to blame the multiple concussions that I've had or the fact that I smoke too much pot, but you got to start letting people off the hook a little bit. Absolutely. You know, is it, is it so insulting that you've conflated to fond memory, I guess fond memories, you know, <laughs> does she get mad? I, fortunately, this hasn't happened that much with my, current girlfriend which actually to me is a good sign it makes me think that, that the memories she and i have created together are better are more clear <laughs> and and enduring uh but definitely past really especially when you when you're in a period of your life where you're you know dating people for a couple months three months five months whatever insignificant periods of time and uh you're just running around you're doing a lot of stuff totally all, it all washes together yeah, dude, for sure. And plus, the more body, the the higher your body count gets as you get older, it becomes harder to keep track of everything, dude. Uh-huh. You know, like even my our, body count. <laughs> <laughs> my current girlfriend has gotten annoyed at me in the past because I didn't know how old some of my exes are. She's huh. like, "How do you not know how old they are?" I'm like, "I just don't know." I'm and I'll, I'll be like, "She's roughly 27." Yeah, and she'll be like, "What do you mean roughly?" She's like, "You don't know how old they actually are." She's like. Why do you do this thing where you like think it's cool to not know how old they are? I'm like, I actually don't know how old they are. Yeah, but it it also sounds like when people say things like, he would have been 14 today <laughs> if he hadn't survived the avalanche. Like, yeah, we broke up. Then she was dead to me. From I'm not going to do the math to know if she'd survived, you know, how old she'd be today. No, it becomes like a like one of those word problems on like a test you have to take <laughs> yeah, yeah, to get yeah. into Stuyvesant. It's like in 2012, you were 24. She was 18. Rough. <laughs> you, uh, you good for I, you by the way. You know uh, I mean? <laughs> but it's just yeah, right, seriously. Yeah. But it's just hard to it's hard to keep track, man. And and the older you get especially, and I think that it may it honestly might be because my girlfriend's younger. Yeah. Because she, I remember when I was her age, not to sound like a fucking grandfather, 
But when I was her age, it was much easier to keep track of all this shit. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, there's high school memories, there's college memories, then there's adult memories, and those are all the same length. Yes. All of a sudden, you're an adult, and 10 years go by, and you've been doing the same shit. Mm -hmm. And that's much harder to keep track of. You know? I hear you, dude. I hear you. And... (laughs) that's really well said 10 years go by you're doing the same shit that i i gotta tell you about my weekend i gotta tell you let's hear it because oh man let's hear it well we've spoken so much lately on the podcast about alcohol and uh you know i i consider myself to be a very temperate drinker and i profess a doctrine of of uh moderation and i try to counsel people towards that and sure enough, on the heels of being Mr. Soapbox, you know, <laughs> don't drink too much, mix in a water. Saturday, I had another poker game. Uh, just just five friends this time, you know, trying to keep the numbers down. And also, I know people will disagree with this, but these are friends that are kind of in my quarantine circle. Got it. Yeah. You know, in the same way that you two are where I'm seeing only these people. We're not like letting a lot of other people into our group. So yeah. RIP acquaintances. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. RIP <laughs> introductions. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. No new friends. Uh, so they came over and we did another boys poker day. Love it. And, uh, you know, three o'clock <laughs> on a Saturday, there was a Saturday football game. Fun. So we got excited about that. We had that on the background. We're, we're, we're playing cards. And I'm drinking beers, you know, and I have the cans. I'm like sitting next to the bookshelf. So I'm putting my empty cans on the bookshelf. And at one point I turned in my chair and I saw six of them. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) good for you, uh, little dog. (laughs) And then uh, someone brought out a bottle of whiskey. And uh, next thing you know, the whiskey's going down and it tastes like maple syrup. Oh, boy and that's the surefire sign francis is in trouble dude it's 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 into the brown liquor and then someone brought out uh a joint oh god and or or i think i think we had like individual joints actually because nobody wanted to share joints and i took two two puffs dude i got so cross-faded oh no so cross-faded which by the way is one of my favorite terms it's a good term it's such a perfect term um, what that is it's when you get the spins because you've you've smoked and you've had too much to drink and puking does not help you when Dude, you're crossfitting you need to sleep it off i the only way i at 7 40 <laughs> i 7 40 p.m uh, the the saliva glands in my mouth turned on as if it was a there was a smoke alarm you know like a fire alarm oh in my mouth and they, i just started drooling inside my mouth <laughs> and i could taste it i could taste that acrid bile yeah uh, precursor the pre-cum the of pre- vomit <laughs> <laughs> that the, the pre-cum <laughs> of puke <laughs> bubbling up from the depths and uh oh i God, stood dude. up from my chair I'm very fortunate that I, I, I do know the warning signs, right? So I never, th- I'm not, I've never been the guy who like threw up in, in the middle of something. Right, right, right. So I said, it, I said, excuse me. And I had this sense of, I haven't eaten anything since brunch, which was like 10 a.m. So I leaned into my girlfriend and I said, hey, can you, apparently I said this, I don't remember <laughs> saying this. 
I said, can you order food for everyone? She goes, yeah, sure. I said, I'll be right back. I went downstairs. <laughs> I went into the bathroom. I turned on the sink in the shower to create ambient, ambient. noise, <laughs> like in A Quiet Place when John Krasinski brings his son to the river and they scream together oh, yeah. because the monsters can't hear them. Uh, and I lifted up. Oh, I might have even folded a towel to put under my knees. Because I knew I was going to be there for a while. Yeah. You need I to create like a be, makeshift bed. This fight was going the, the distance. It's a, dude, it's like a wartime hospital. 15 rounds <laughs> of thinking you're done, you're not done. Yeah, oh man. Um, and I proceeded to throw up for 45 minutes. Yeah, dude. To the point where there was absolutely nothing left in my stomach. And, and you're, just, you're just retching, but nothing's coming out. And I don't mean to get graphic. I clean myself up, brush my teeth, slide under the covers of bed. I don't know what time it is. I pull out my phone, and this was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I text my girlfriend, like, I am too fucked up. <laughs> and I was, I could barely, I wasn't hitting the right letter. So I kept getting, like, three letters in and having to delete it and start over. Oh, God. And, really? dude, one here's, eye. here's, here's <laughs> one of the most so. telling stories about me. I finished the message after what must have been 30 efforts. <laughs> and I took out of the cockeyed glance. The whole room is spinning. I can't, the letters are, are blurred. <laughs> I can see that I spelled the two in I'm too fucked up with one O. Oh. So I I couldn't live with that. And I st deleted fucked up and just went back, added an O. I'm T-O-O -O fucked up. Finished the message, sent it, and then passed out. And I slept from 8 p.m. until 9 a.m. the following wow. day. 13 hours. Oh, my God. Dude, that is incredible. Just absolutely, you know, can, just removed myself from being fun. Apparently, my friends upstairs were like, should we go? And they knew what was going on. My girlfriend was like, no, I just ordered five pizzas. And then they all had a really good time. How late did they stay? I, I, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what time she came into bed. That's I don't, great, dude. I don't know anything. For a second, I thought you were going to say that you just said, I am too. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too. Okay. I am as well. Dude, so that's all right. So I have a couple questions about this. First of all, do you think there's anything that the beer before, like, does the beer before liquor apply here? Yes. It must. Yes, it does. But, you know, here's the thing the dude. old rule. You, you, you get to a point in life where you think you're in, you're you think you're invincible you think you're above that where these you little, say these little childish I've, rules i've i don't drink the way i did in college which is like you playing you know beer pong into flip cup into shots right, right. that you know ju a, a, an igloo cooler of jungle juice where you have <laughs> no idea what went into it right. you know all of a sudden blah, like where am i what's going on it's not like that you know yeah you're measuring you're pouring drinks with ice you think well, this is a classy adult situation. We're playing cards. It's a long, slow burn. I'm gonna be fine. Sneaks up on you. Yeah, you're never, you're never over the. You're hump. never too old for that, dude. I I crossfaded like a year ago, and in the house I live in, there's a secret bathroom. Ooh. So I went into the secret bathroom, and it was such a like dark moment. Like I could hear, "Where's Julio?" 
<laughs> I just hear that from the other room. I'm I'm lying on the ground, like you said, with yeah. the towel. And my my shirt, I had taken it off to wipe the sweat off of my... Ugh. I couldn't see, dude. And it got to the point where my shirt was so wet from sweat that I was just like drowning and my it was so it's dark. you think you're gonna die i think you're gonna die it's the worst feeling in the world i i i will say that one thing i i i remember learning in college because being in the bed when the room is totally spinning even mm. though you've been throwing up a bunch i I, th- I think i got into bed and then got back up and it was like i'm not ready to not be in front of a toilet yet yeah um but one thing you can try which sometimes works for me is take one of your legs and <laughs> <laughs> Pull it out of the covers and put it on the ground. Whoa. As like a kickstand. Whoa. Your other leg can be up, but if you put one leg on the ground, somehow it steadies the room a little bit. Whoa, that's interesting. Yeah. Hopefully I I never have to try that because hopefully I'll never be that. I know. I know. But dude, there's something so comforting about the toilet in that situation. Like if I can just get naked and lie on the cold floor with my porcelain pal right there, dude. Yeah. You actually feel sort of better. You do. Sounds like a Dido song. (laughs) I'm lying naked on the floor. Yeah, that's probably not Dido. Yeah. But dude, that that that, and then if you I also in that state, sometimes I'll I'll turn all the lights off and and climb into the shower and just oh yeah lie down under the hot shower. But there's something to be said about that, like not being ready to be lying down. Yeah, like has has this ever happened to you? Have you ever had to get out of a cab because you thought you were gonna puke? But once you're walking, you're fine. Yes. I once got out of a cab in the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, I'm good. The guy was so like, I, was, I was with three other people and I was like, I'm going to throw up. And he was like, get out. <laughs> and I was like, and they were my friends were all like, no, he'll make it to the other side. And the cab driver pulled over oh in my the middle God. of the Brooklyn Bridge. And there's no you can't you can't access the walking path from the car. Yeah. Lane. For the Brooklyn Bridge, you can't that there's a there's an open there's space there, which I think people use to kill themselves. <laughs> So there may be some netting, but I the wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, you know, do some chal- MTV challenge thing to oh get over God, the walking dude. path. So I ended up, walk- fortunately it was the middle of the night, it was like 3am and I just walked all the way down the Brooklyn Bridge, the road to the other side. And then I, then I got to Manhattan and realized I'd walked the wrong way because I lived in Brooklyn. Oh my God. And then dude. I... I like threw up in Manhattan and then got a cab back to Brooklyn. Oh my God. Dude, speaking of Dido, I just picture you walking. My tears don't come. I'm wondering why I got, got out of the cab at all. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Dude, totally. Hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, crossfaded, you know, <laughs> 31 years old, still happening. Never too old for crossfaded. What the fuck crossfading. is the matter with me? Good for you, man. I like this, like, Fall 2020, end of time, Francis drinking. (laughs) It's like a very good thing. Yeah, and then I got hit with a Venmo request the next day from a buddy of mine for $400. Because apparently I'd gone all in twice playing poker and lost both times. Sunday was one of those days where the scaries started the moment I woke up. Mm. And you just feel like um, you feel like it's harder to breathe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like because you're so anxious. There's a yes. Yeah. All yeah. day long. You're like, what did I? I must having... have acted so stupid. I must. Did I say anything stupid? Do my friends hate me? <sighs> Dude, do you do so you fear do you? trouble? Do you? <laughs> do you fear trouble? Trouble? What is that? What the fuck do you mean trouble? Getting in trouble. <laughs> of course. I yeah. I think about. I do sometimes. I I wonder if I'm in trouble all the time. Now. <laughs> 
Dude, you do, you do have a way of getting yourself I get in, in trouble. I get in trouble all the time. You do have I'm a way. I'm always in trouble for you, something. <laughs> you have a way. So you're a lovely guy. It's just funny how you find yourself in this I situation. Get in, I'm someone who, who steps in it you, all, you the do all the time. And let me tell you something. <laughs> Not for nothing, I, most of the time, I deserve it. <laughs> I, I, I concede that I bring this upon my life. There is a life out there I could be living where I would not be, you know, just yeah. finding myself in the crosshairs of people who want to enact vengeance or, or ask, right. you know, expect an apology from me. And that is true. And because that's true, when you don't deserve it, I feel extra bad for you. <laughs> yeah, that, because I don't, have a leg to, too. I don't have a leg to stand on. No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah. that, but also like for a guy who steps in it regularly, when you actually fully don't deserve it, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, give him a give break. Give this guy a fucking break. Yeah. He just finished his community service hours for the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's come what it on. Is. Come on. He just got out. Dude, I'm at the point now where like, I, I, fuck, I used to take a lot of, uh, you know, every once in a while I would take a mental inventory of, of what of what I had done over the last couple of weeks. And I would be like, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. I got nothing to worry about. Right. You know, but now the trouble comes from such varied sources that I live in fear of it because I don't know where it's going to come from. Right, next. right, right. To the point where my girlfriend, I had to tell her that she can't start sentences to me a certain way. What? Well, elaborate. She can't start a sentence to me by saying, hey, can we talk for a second? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> is there a worse sentence in the world? But but That's she because she was using that so to regularly. say, like, I have this big job thing coming up. I want to. And is there any chance I could run my pitch? Right, by right, you? right, right. She was using that intro <laughs> sentence. And there's like your blood uh, just going there, cold. You 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 almost pass out <laughs> in that in this tiny <laughs> instant between finding out why we need to sit down to have a conversation and and what it actually is. And I had to tell her, I was like, listen, you don't understand what I just went through because of the way that you asked if we could talk. <laughs> and and it, it was happening so much that, that I was, was like, really you good. can't say, start with the request. And then we'll have the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Dude, you're cracking me up, man. This is good. This is good stuff. That happens. That happens to me. And it's hilarious. You just never fucking know. You never know what it's going to be. I had this thought the other day. Uh, my measurement for success has changed, and it's now more forward thinking. In, um, what, in what way? Well, I've decided that, to me... A big piece of my success would be that I want to be able to tell my parent, my excuse me, I want to be able to tell my kids that dad was a big deal once upon a time and they can't roll their eyes. Oh, that's a that's crazy because <laughs> that's a crazy random. Yeah, but think about this, right? So the reason this comes up is that I'm reading Obama's memoir. Oh, is it, it's like 800 pages, right? The, yeah, and it's first the first volume of two. Is it amazing? Dude. I need to read it. This guy. He was the fucking man, dude. I, I love him so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I love Obama. Probably, like, people, at, you know, when, when you hear that romantic 
quip of you're my favorite person. Yeah. I love my girlfriend. She probably is, but but Obama's up th- like Obama's up there. Dude, and Obama's it, politi- probably my politics favorite person. aside. Like politics aside, Obama just rocks. And I think there's this there's something about like a post a, a president who has served already that sort of like makes them nonpartisan. Yeah. In a weird way, like George W. Bush, I remember him being like a very contentious figure at the time when he was serving, and now he's just kind of like everybody loves him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that like regardless like Obama like how do you not fucking well, like Obama? Those part pre- presidents make it a point there's a there's a tradition of not speaking ill of your successor regardless of who they are. Right. Uh and I think that's been established for a while. Uh Bush was was really good about not saying anything about Obama after Obama I mean cuz he came in and it's like was the opposite president totally and and that dude at the time we felt like america was divided then yeah and obama you know has you know people have gotten on his case for not speaking out more against trump but he went with the tradition that's just kind of the way it was now obama obama the obamas now to me are our closest thing that we have to the british royal family Mm. they've become celebrities tabloid sensations i don't know if you've seen Sasha, who's the youngest daughter, went viral on Twitter for posting a, I, 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 I wouldn't call it a thirst trap, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is, because we knew them as young girls. She's like, oh, she's And a young now woman they're now. becoming, you know, young adults and they're t- taking ownership over their own social media and doing what normal young women do. And people are being like, that's not presidential or like whatever it's like fuck you they're, they're 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 normal american citizen girls let them do what the fuck they want right malia is i think a sophomore or a junior at harvard you know every once in a while a picture will emerge of her smoking a cigarette it's like right at like a music festival give them a fucking break but harry and and um william william went through the same shit yeah do you know what i mean they totally. went the growing pains are just that much more acute when you are the same uh, the way the Kennedys, family. dude. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, uh, Obama, right? Uh, Obama is a guy who, if he ever said to his daughters, you guys know that I was a pretty big deal once upon a time, right? Dad, <laughs> Dad was a pretty big deal. They can't roll their eyes. Right, right, right. It is 100% true, 100% a fact that their father was the success that he and everyone else thought he was totally so and he might that's like such a dad joke he would do too he's like you 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 know i was a big deal yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but the thing that's fun about it is that when you are that undeniable you don't even have to say it Right. right? right so my hope is that i will not have to bring up pictures of when I was in my late 20s, you know, headlining the Wilbur Theater and tell my kids, like, once upon a time, you know, I actually was a pretty successful comedian and have them be like, yeah, right, Dad. <laughs> you know, here we go. No, because by that point, you know, I'm like not doing it anymore or whatever it is. I want to be able to, when they are cognizant young adults or whatever the age is i want to be like hey guys i can't i can't um can't come to your skating thing tonight because i'm playing madison square garden sorry (laughs) this is how we pay for your skating outfits 
<laughs> and then everyone else at their school is going to be like, your dad's a pretty big deal. That's right. how it'll work. That's that's my level of I like success. That. I like that, dude. Mine is much different than that. Mine is it's just... one version. <laughs> it's one version. I don't want my kids to not be able to agree, you know? No, I'm not. And I'm, I'm not taking a... I think yours is a better version than mine. <laughs> mine is just, I want to just be handed money for doing nothing. Yeah, you've said this before. <laughs> I don't care what it's for. You know, I just want to have a fucking fat bank account and have plenty of time to enjoy uh, it with no responsibility. Julio, Julio lives his life as though it's one big game of Monopoly. <laughs> and he's he's the right role away from landing on the community chest. <laughs> well, dude. Speaking of which, because we were last week, we were talking about what would you do to get the vaccine, mm-hmm. right? I think this is a good thing for us to to go out on here. It's a good transition. The uh, so my girlfriend Hillary had something come up like this. Huh. Oh, a, a would you get the vaccine if situation? So she has a nut allergy. A real life one. Yes, yes. Wow. She has a nut allergy, as you all know. They're doing these tr- these experimental trials for people with nut allergies with the vaccine. You have to be willing to get the vaccine knowing that there's a chance that you will go into anaphylactic shock. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But you'll be monitored. But going into anaphylactic shock is terrible. She's described it to me as beginning to die. Yeah. Like your body just starts expanding and you're like going to explode, essentially. And then they have to put you under and fucking hit you with that. That's it. I I always thought, doesn't your throat start to constrict because your body doesn't want you to let anything else down i think but i think that's part of the inflammation of the allergic I reaction see, so I it's see. happening there but yep. it's also happening to your organs wow so what'll happen like if she has one she'll she'll lick cashew butter and immediately begin dying dude so <sighs> they have to give her an EpiPen, but then she'll have a second wave of the anaphylactic shock and they have to like put her under it happened to her this year i've heard that the EpiPen is only meant to get you to the hospital exactly. so that you can have your stomach pumped or whatever exactly yeah. So, so so this is a real conversation we're having. She's like, is this worth it? Wait, I, I, I have a quick question. Please, please. Are you saying that the vaccine might trigger an allergic reaction in people with nut allergies? Yes. That's what they're thinking? I think maybe it's it might be certain allergies, but it's definitely nut allergies. And so they're looking for volunteers to test that theory? Uh-huh. So she would get a vaccine, but there's a chance that she would go into anaphylactic shock. I'm I'm surprised because crazy? I I think that yeah that's nuts but I'm also surprised because there are enough people out there with nut allergies that I would have thought that would have been a, a very obvious consideration for them when they're like when they were up. making the vaccine well, because think about this right there are so many nurses and first responders and frontline workers that are now getting vaccinated right yeah, yeah. Are they, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Maybe they are asking all of those people, do you have a nut allergy? Yeah, I think so. And I'm not sure if there's something about the severity that comes into play. Uh Like, obviously, Hillary has a very severe one. Um, But does that mean that if you're a nurse or a surgeon and you have a nut allergy, you're not not going to get the vaccine? Yeah. Then does that mean you can't go to work? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. That's crazy. Uh, th- these are all good questions. Wow. Um, but yeah. So, so what'd she say? What's she going to do? Like we were talking about it this morning. So I don't know. Like, well, I, I think she should get it. She's not sure. Um, it's easy for you to say. Of course it's easy for me to say, but I, I said to her, I was like, it's in, in a way it's like the best way to get it because like you're, con- in a you're, controlled you're in a controlled environment yeah. and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be fine even if it sucks. Wow. And then you'll have the vaccine. So it's crazy that that's like a real life. <laughs> would you, if yeah, situation. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck to her. Keep us posted if, if she does decide I will. to get it. I will. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay, cool. Uh, that's Oops the Podcast, everybody. Happy holidays. Um, enjoy this strange, uh, amorphous time between <laughs> uh, <laughs> between New Year's, Christmas and New Year's. And uh, have fun out there, people. Drink. Try not to get cross-faded. We'll see you soon. I'm uh, Francis and he's Julio. That's Oops the Podcast.